Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtena ve zidna ilmen nafi'a. Allahumme erinel hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'a ve erinel batıla batılan varzukna ictinabe. Rabbi şrah li sadri ve yessir li emri vahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qavli. Esselamu aleykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedü'l-Zaman Said Nursi podcast series. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Inshallah, a rough translation of the um, the text we will be reflecting upon today will also be posted at this web- website. You can go to podcasts, then words, then the 17th word. And inshallah, today in this episode, we are beginning the 17th word. The 17th word is about the reality of the world. What we are doing here, why we are here what this all means and where we should place the world in terms of our priorities. It gives us guidelines about those priorities and it is not a single um, text. There's the, the, it is composed of two stations rather. The first station, the first section is a text which we will be reading today. I'm not sure if we will be able to finish. And then the second station is mostly um versified poetic texts uh, that Ustad Nursi has written in different various parts of his life uh, but because the content perfectly fits they have been moved to or they have been included here under the 17th word as its second station so bismillah and i think i forgot to mention this as mustafa tuna uh, bismillah we are going to begin the 17th word uh, may God, may God, look at us with His enabling grace and increase our benefit. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. As-salamu Inna ja'alina ma ala al-ardi zinatan laha linabluwahum ayyuhum ahsanu amala wa inna lajailuna ma alayha sa'idan juruza. We have adorned the earth with attractive things so that we may test people, you, to find out which of them, which of you, is best or do best. But we shall reduce all this to barren dust. This is from Surah Al-Kahf, the 18th chapter of the Qur'an, verses 7 to 8. And, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا لَعِبٌ وَلَحْوٌ The life of this world is nothing Nothing but a game and a distraction. And this is uh, the sixth chapter of the Quran, the 32nd verse, or from the 32nd verse. So these are the verses that inspired the 17th word. And as we can see there, they are about the meaning of the world, what the world really is. So before he starts the actual discussion, Ustad Nursi says, 
Bu söz iki ali makam ve bir parlak zeylden ibarettir. This word is composed of two lofty stations and one appendix. Birinci makam, first station. Halık-ı Rahim ve Rezzak-ı Kerim ve Sani-i Hakim şu dünyayı alemi ervah ve ruhaniyet için bir bayram, bir şehrayin suretinde yapıp, bütün esmasının garai bir nukuşuyla süslendirip, küçük büyük ulvi süfli her bir ruha ona münasip ve o bayramdaki ayrı ayrı hesapsız mehasim ve inamattan istifade etmeye muvafık ve havas ile mücehhez bir ceset giydirir. Bir vücudu cismani verir, bir defa o temaşagaha gönderir. The mercy-giving creator, the munificent provider, the all-wise artful maker, makes this world in the form of a festivity and celebration for the realm of spirits and spiritual beings. So, we should pay attention to the divine names that Ustad Nursi uses because he never uses them randomly. He uses uh, mercy giving, a rahim, but he uses it in adjectival form, but we should, we should still pay attention to it as a name. The mercy giving creator. So he is the creator. He created everything. And in the way that he created, we can see that he is doing so with mercy. And he is also specifying mercy for each and every creature. Everything is blessed with what it needs. Everything is created in the best that it should be, right? Then the munificent provider. Then once they are created, they are sustained and their sustenance is through provision and there is munificence in that provision. They are not being uh, you know, stretched out in order to live, eke out a life in this world, but rather they are surrounded with provision. There is munificence in in the way that we see that God creates things. You know, mushrooms, for instance, they uh, when they mature, they uh, shoot these spores. Sometimes, like some mushrooms, shoot out billions of spores. Then the all-wise artful maker then we also see that there's wisdom in what he creates and he is the one who makes and he makes it with artistry not not in a uh, in a haphazard way but there is artistry and wisdom built into things now this does not mean that he created a system and left it alone and the system keeps perpetuating itself and things are created in this in the system no that's not the case he is the creator at all times constantly and everything is directly created and sustained by him however in the way that he does this he has built in wisdom and artistry which shows his perfection and beauty so the mercy giving creator the munificent provider the all-wise artful maker makes this world in the form of a festivity and celebration so we look around especially the earth but when we say world here do, we do not necessarily mean the earth it is 
it, it includes the heavens. We look around and there is this beauty and even joy and you know, festivity and celebration going on. Especially when spring comes, as that knows he will say later, right? When the, uh, the, the, the little tiny seeds that were hiding under the ground st start to shoot and eggs, you know, hatch and birds come out and the insects come out and there's this teeming life everywhere. We see that it is almost like a festivity. There is a celebration going on. So God creates this world in the form of a festivity and celebration for what? Well, we have uh, seen this before. For uh, there, there are two wisdoms that we can uh, highlight. One is that he wants to see his beauty and perfection and majesty as manifest on the creation with his own discerning sight. And two, he wants to see it through the sights of those who see. Who are, this, who are those who see? They are, start notice here says, the realm of spirits and, and spiritual beings spirits and spiritual beings who have consciousness right they are the ones who are partaking in this festivity and celebration they are the ones who are watching it he god adorns it the world with the amazing aspects of the engravings of all of his names so whenever we look around what we see can we see a blade of grass but we actually see the creator the provider the beautiful the majestic the um wise right the reality of the things that we see are divine names and attributes and the reality of those are divine conducts and the reality of those are the you know god himself so the blade of grass um, you know grows in the spring matures and turns yellow and dries and wilts and dies and disappears but the reality the reality that becomes manifest in that blade of grass is constant and continuous and permanent and as a result of that we can expect the blade of grass or another a very similar a similitude of that blade of grass to come back in the following year so the reality of things are the divine names and the variations that we see in the way things are created are the engravings or embroideries of the the tapestry that that is that becomes manifest with the uh, with the different aspects of those divine names becoming manifest or those names becoming manifest in interaction with one another so he adorns it with the amazing aspects of the engravings of all of his names and wherever we look around the, the beauty the perfection the awe-inspiring majesty that we see out there are are the manifestations of his names and he dons every small or big lofty or lowly spirit with a body that suits it and that is congruent with and equipped with the senses needed to benefit uh, from the various and innumerable beauties and blessings in that festivity he gives it that that spirit a corporeal existence and sense to that spectacle once for instance to take the human being we are sent to this world once and our reality our permanence re uh, resides in our rests in our spirit the spirit is the you know permanent lasting part of the aspect of the human being but the spirit itself needs 
a body and equipment in order to interact with the world. We need eyes and then uh, a nervous system that connect the eyes to the brain, perhaps the cells in the brain to process the, uh, the currents that are uh, conveyed to the, the brain as, as images, etc., etc. So the spirit is given what it needs to interact with this world. A body that matches in is incongruence with the uh, the structures and nature of this world, and then that is also congruent with the spirit in that the spirit is able to interact with it. So the body is an instrument, a an intermediary that is given to the, to the spirit in order to interact with the world. So he dons every small or big, lofty or lowly spirit with a body that suits it and that is congruent with and equipped with the senses needed to benefit from the various and innumerable beauties and blessings in that festivity. He gives it a corporeal existence and sends to that spectacle once. So when we come out of this world, inshallah, he's going to give us another kind of body made in a different way that is going to be useful as an instrument to interact with the realities of the intermediate realm and then in the hereafter he's going to give us another kind of body that is you know loftier and suitable to interact with the needs of that realm the, the hereafter but the the spirit is permanent and the, the world is created in this adorned fashion for the spirits and the, the realm of spirits, the spiritual beings and the realm of spirits to take part in a festivity. All this decoration, all these adornments, right? It's not for, for anything. We need to celebrate. We are here to celebrate. Okay, so we are here to celebrate, but are we here only to celebrate the world for the world? What is the reality of this? What is it that is there to be celebrated? Now, we already gave a hint about this, right? The reality of things are the divine names. So what is there to be celebrated is the creator. But we don't always get that. So we need, we need to understand this in more detail, more precision, with more precision. Hem zaman ve mekan cihetiyle pek geniş olan o bayramı asırlara, senelere, mevsimlere hatta günlere, kıtalara taksim ederek her bir asrı, her bir seneyi, her bir mevsimi hatta bir cihette her bir günü, her bir kıtayı birer taife ruhlu mahlukatına, birer taife ruhlu mahlukatına ve nebati masnuatına birer resmi geçit tarzında bir ulvi bayram yapmıştır. Furthermore he has spread the festivity, which is quite vast in terms of time and space. So this is a big festival going on, big celebration. It, it is like, you know, in the old days when a, uh, the, the heir apparent of the, the, the empire was marrying, they would have a wedding that would last for 40 days. Not just a couple of hours, right? but 40 days of wedding festivities. Right? So this is a big festivity. God has spread the festivity, which is quite vast in terms of time and space, over centuries, years, seasons, and even days and portions of days. 
So there is a stage of the festivity that is unfolding at in, in, in each one of these time frames, portions of these days. He has made each century, each year, each season, and in a sense even each day and each portion of the day, a lofty festivity in the form of a parade for some groups of spirited creatures and vegetal artifacts. So what are those spiritual creatures and vegetal artifacts? Think of a butterfly. It has a seasonal life. It has first a, an egg and then a caterpillar, etc., etc. But then think of the butterfly. Once it becomes a butterfly, sometimes they have a day long, two days long, a very brief life, right? But they are here to celebrate they are partaking in the festivities in that brief time and that is th that that one day is its festivity it's it's it's life sometimes there are flowers that bloom in the morning and then wilt in the evening that portion of the day is their festivity and there are animals that live for let's say 30 years so they their festivity is 30 years uh, there are trees that last for you know a couple of thousand years so their festivity is a couple of thousand years so for each group uh, among the the the spirited creatures and vegetal artifacts right god has spread their festivities over time ve bilhassa ru'i zemin hususan bahar ve yaz zamanında Masnuat-ı sahirenin, sahirenin taifelerine öyle şaşalı ve birbiri arkasında bayramlardır ki, tabakatı aliyede olan ruhaniyatı ve melaikeleri ve sekene-i semavatı seyre celp edecek bir cazibedarlık görünüyor. Ve ehli tefekkür için öyle şirin bir mütalaagah oluyor ki, akıl, ar, akıl tarifinden acizdir. Now, especially the face of the earth. So the festivities are spread through time and through space but especially when we look at the face of the earth and especially the time of spring and summer on the face of the earth are such splendid festivities one after the other for the various groups of smaller artifacts that that an attractiveness that will draw the spiritual beings and angels of the higher layers as well as the dwellers of the heavens to watch is being seen so once again we look in the spring and all these beautiful flowers all these leaves coming out the animals the insects the bugs there's life teeming life and there's this movement interaction beauty and motion and there there's there's a there's a play that's being enacted so they all watch they all take part in the, in the festivities but there are higher levels of consciousness higher layers and levels of spiritual beings that look and that observe and that understand and that show gratitude for and appreciation for all of these things in a at a higher level and it is so beautiful so attractive that this draws those spiritual beings and angels right those the, the dwellers of the uh, higher layers of the of the world and the heavens too to watch it's so beautiful you just you just are drawn to it it is like um, if you have ever seen fireworks you just want to look what is there right I mean you might be reading a book you might be 
uh, you're asleep you may want to go to bed you may have something else to do but when you see the fireworks you just want to stop and look there is something that draws us to it that attracts us there's something attractive in it so the the world this beautiful artistic creation is like fireworks even you know, better better more beautiful more attractive than fireworks and spiritual me beings and angels of the higher layers higher stations and the dwellers of the heavens are attracted to them to watch them and it becomes such a place of examination for the people of reflection such a place of perusal and observation and reading for the people of reflection that the intellect fails to describe there are lessons there are meanings in it for those who reflect fakat bu ziyafeti ilahiye ve bayramı rabbaniyedeki ismi rahman ve muhyinin tecellilerine mukabil ismi kahhar ve mumit firak ve mefle karşılarına çıkıyorlar şu ise ve rahmeti vesiat kulle şey ve rahmeti vesiat kulle şey rahmetinin vüsat-ı şumulüne zahiren muvafık düşmüyor. Fakat hakikatte birkaç ciheti muvafakati vardır. Bir ciheti şudur ki Now this is a celebrity going on. It is so beautiful, so attractive, etc. However, in this divine feast and lordly festivity the divine names of the overpowerer and the giver of death Al-Qahar and Al-Mumid counter the manifestations of the divine names of the merciful and the giver of life with separation and death so there is all this um, celebration festivity going on everything is nice beautiful everybody is having a nice time beautiful but but the divine names of the overpowerer right the al-qahar and the giver of death and mumit counter the manifestations of the divine names of the merciful and the giver of life with what with separation and death that is as this is all going on always always there comes separation and death either the observer dies and is separated from everything or the things that we observe and reflect upon and enjoy die and we are separated from them Death is a reality that is everywhere. Death is a reality that defines an as that def- is a defining aspect, defining essential property of the reality that we see in this world. So what do we do? And on the face of it, this does not appear to be congruent with the vastly extensive coverage of the mercy in Warahmati Wasiat Kullashay. But my mercy encompasses all things. This is, uh, you know, from the Quran, chapter seven, one fifty-six. God says that His mercy encompasses everything, but while His mercy encompasses everything, there comes death, there comes separation. On the face of it, it seems like there is no mercy. There is no um, lutf. There is no gentleness. There is no beauty in this right because you know we are being separated from things that are beautiful imagine how much a um, a mother a father loves their child how beautiful a thing that child is in their lives and imagine that there come these 
rough soldiers and pull the child away and tear apart and throw down a uh, a, a um, hill or something cliff what is that can you can you think of it as an an instance of mercy on the face of it this does not appear to be congruent with the vastly extensive coverage of the mercy in God says it, he says, but my mercy encompasses all things. Yet there are a few aspects of congruence in reality. So on the face of it, when we thought about that example of the uh, the child being torn, out, torn away from uh, his or her parents, right? That's on the face of it. We did not see the reality of things. If we could go deeper and, and see the reality of what is going on. And of course, in the case of rough soldiers who might be doing it out of oppression and injustice, etc., that's a different that's a different question, right? But when when when God manifests himself with his names to overpower and the giver of death, right? In reality, there are a few aspects or many aspects of congruence between between what's happening as we see with our eyes and the uh, the statement the divine statement that god's mercy encompasses everything so it his mercy encompasses that situation too the situation of separation and death too one aspect is this so there are many uh, aspects one is this Sani Kerim, Fatir Rahim, her bir taifenin resmi geçit nöbeti bittikten ve o resmi geçitten maksut olan neticeler alındıktan sonra ekseriyet itibarıyla dünyadan merhametkarane bir tarza tenfir edip usandırıyor. İstirahate bir meyil ve başka bir aleme göçmeye bir şevk ihsan ediyor ve vazife-i hayattan terhis edildikleri zaman vatan asillerine bir meyelanı şevk engiz ruhlarında uyandırıyor. Now, we said and there is death. And death is a general rule, a universal uh, principle, a universal reality that the, that the coverage of with which extends over everything. right? When we see something like this, we look at the benefit for the majority. There may be exceptions to the rule because it's a rule. right? There may be exceptions to the rule, but the majority of cases we will see there is obvious mercy in it. Once the parade duty of each group finishes and the intended outcomes are obtained from that parade. So why are we here? We are in a parade. right? The celebrities, festivities on that big day every group of creatures creatures are uh, you know walking before the glorious sublime king in order to demonstrate the art and artistry that the king has bestowed to them right they are in a parade once the parade duty of each group finishes and the intended outcomes are obtained from that parade in the majority of cases the munificent artful maker and the mercy giving one so municipal artful maker is sani ikerim and the mercy giving one who creates from nothing so the merciful god who creates from nothing mercifully causes those groups 
hate the world once their duty is over right they are put in a state in which the world becomes hateful to them and mercifully causes those groups to become wary of it wary of the world so that is mercy too you are going to leave this world there are you know, wisdoms that pertain to it right you you are going to leave so the others can come that you leave is mercy for the others who are coming because you would both you would not be able to fit together right you are going to leave so you are either going to leave in a state of loving it or in a state of hating it right so out of his mercy he causes those groups hate the world and become wary of it he bestows an inclination for rest so i'm i worked hard now it is time for me to rest find some comfort and a yearning to move on to another realm i'm tired of this place i need some change i need a new place where i will not be toiling like this and when they are discharged from their duty duty of life he awakens in their spirits a yearning inclination toward their original homeland so we all came here from an original homeland while living here out of his mercy he lifts that yearning from us so that we can actually enjoy here enjoy the spectacle but at the same time as we come close to the end of life he puts in us or in all these creatures a yearning inclination toward the original homeland we all start to sense it and, and this is something that happens uh, with age for human beings too or perhaps it might happen for those who are who die young right but the general rule rule is that the older you get the more intensely the the more concretely you feel that you are moving on you are not you are not here to stay there's something something else beyond it either you become heedless and forgetful and um perhaps prideful etc and you deny that there is something should be behind that gate that everybody crosses and that we do not see what is behind right you either deny that or you submit to reality and the divine message that is here to interpret and guide us uh, into an understanding of reality and you say there's life after death and god puts in us an inclination toward that original homeland that we came from so there is mercy in this in the majority of cases you are given energy a joy in life you enjoy being alive and working right while you're on duty while you are walking in the parade once your duty in the parade finishes that joy is taken away and it replaced with weariness with a desire for what is to come afterwards that we get old that we get become weak as we get old right that we are not able to enjoy life in the way that we were able to enjoy when we were you know, 18 20 25 whatever all of these are blessings that 
help us turn away from the world and start to yearn what is to come thereafter. Hem o Rahman'ın nihayetsiz rahmetinden uzak değil ki, nasıl vazife uğrunda mücahede eşinde telef olan bir nefere şehadet rütbesini veriyor ve kurban olarak kesilen bir koyuna ahirette cismani bir vücudu baki vererek sırat üstünde sahibine burak gibi bir bineklik mertebesini vermekle mükafatlandırıyor. Öyle de sair ziruh ve hayvanatın dahi kendilerine mahsus vazife-i fıtri-i rabbaniyelerinde ve evamir-i sübhaniyenin itaatlerinde telef olan ve şiddetli meşakkat çeken ziruhların onlara göre bir çeşit mükafat-ı ruhaniye ve onların istidatlarına göre bir nevi ücret-i maneviye ve o tükenmez hazine-i rahmetinden bait değil ki, bait değil ki bulunmasın. Dünyadan gitmelerinden pek çok incinmesinler, belki memnun olsunlar. La ya'lemul gaybe illallah. Furthermore, it is not beyond the endless mercy of that merciful one that in the way that he gives the rank of martyrdom to a soldier who perishes in the process of struggling for the fight, or in the way that he rewards a sheep slaughtered in sacrifice by giving it a corporeal and lasting body in hereafter, and the level of becoming a mount for its owner on the bridge of Sirat. Likewise, for the other possessors of spirits and animals who perish while performing the specific lordly duties pertaining to their innate natures and obeying the commands of the glorified one and who suffer difficulties. A kind of spiritual reward suitable for them and a type of metaphysical reward in accordance with their aptitudes are not beyond the unending treasures of his mercy to not exist. So they are not beyond his treasures. They are not far from his treasures. They are they, they, He has the treasures. Let's, they are not beyond the unending treasures of his mercy to not exist. Right? I.e. they are within the, uh, the, the treasures and therefore they will exist. So that they are not hurt too much by leaving the world. And in fact they are pleased. No one knows the unseen but God. This is paraphrase from Quran chapter 27 verse 65. Now let's try to read this again. Furthermore, it is not beyond the endless mercy of that merciful one that in the way that he gives the rank of martyrdom to a soldier who perishes in the process of struggling for the fight or in the way that he rewards a sheep slaughtered in sacrifice by giving it a corporeal and lasting body in the hereafter and the level of becoming a mount for its owner on the bridge of Surat. Now we know um, both of these from the Quran and from pro- uh, prophetic tra- uh, traditions. The rank of Shahada, the rank of martyrdom, right, is mentioned in the Quran. We know prophet- from prophetic traditions too. The God tells us to not consider those who uh, perished in, in, um, in jihad Right in struggling for the, the the fight for the sake of God, those who perished while struggling for the sake of God, God, God tells us not to consider them consider them dead. He says they are not dead; they are living in you know they are living in paradise. They are living in a in another realm. They are living in a paradisical realm. Now, as for the sheep or cows, like what whatever animal it is that is slaughtered, right? Yes, it perishes in this world, 
but in return for its uh, subordination and subjection to God's divine command and being the means of such a beautiful act of um, devotion, they are given a life, a corporeal body that's going to be lasting, unlike the, the temporal body that was in this world. And also, they will have an uh, have a connection to the most honored of the creation a believing human being a believer in carrying that believer across the uh, bridge of surat and bridge of surat is this bridge that is drawn over over hell uh, between the planes of resurrection and hell uh, and, and and paradise that everybody will have to cross those whose sins will overweigh uh, will, will fall if they are believers to be cleansed with fire and then come back out uh, from from hell and those if they are disbelievers they will just fall and never never to uh, emerge again and the believers will cross over the bridge of Surat uh, with differing speeds and ease uh, that reflect their uh, that, that reflect their obedience to God, the strength of their faith in this world. And one of the things that we know from prophetic traditions is that the, the animals that are sacrificed for for God's sake here will come to the believer in the hereafter. Um, we do not know the actual. Uh, you know form of this right but the the the reality is that we just don't know the form of the reality that they, they will come to the believer and they will become mounts to help them cross the bridge so these are things that god can do and and promises to do the soldier sacrifices his life for god and god returns that that that uh, returns that uh, sacrifice with a reward that is much bigger than what is being sacrificed that's why martyrs uh, would say you know if only we, we could go back and be martyred a thousand times so God's mercy is fast vast and it always it's it will always and always right um, surpass what is being offered to him it, it won't it, it will not even be a matter of comparison right what are you sacrificing you're sacrificing his property to him so he is able to he is merciful and he is able to manifest his mercy in situations like this like we, with the majority of cases we said uh, the living creatures spiritual beings fulfill the, the their duty in the parade they come closer to the end of their lives they get old and etc etc but sometimes they are not sometimes they perish in other ways so if that is the case then god has mercy and treasures to reward them and to make them happy and and and glad that they perished god has ways to manifest his mercy right through these special and specific rewards likewise for the other possessors of spirits and animals who perish so possessors of spirits 
human beings, angels, we, we do not know. There's a spiritual realm that, to which we do not have full access. Who perish while performing the specific lorded duties pertaining to their innate natures. Right? So each and every um, spiritual being, as well as others, have an innate nature. They are created in, in a way. The human being is created to have wonder when we come when the human being comes to this world it is created to have wonder and look around and be curious about why is this what is this why am i here right it is in the innate nature of the human being later on that can be corrupted so we call this futra and sometimes it's translated as the uncorrupted nature right the original nature the innate nature that has a, a, there are duties that pertain to that innate nature. The ant has an innate nature, and its duty is to do what that innate nature entails. Let, let's say to dig up, uh, to dig uh, nests on the ground, or cut pieces of leaves and carry them to the nest. All of these are included in its innate nature, and they do it, and they do it out of duty because the innate nature is like a uh like like a uh let's say a sheet of paper on which the commands uh, are given to the soldier the soldier pulls it out reads whatever written there does it so the sheet enlisting the commands for the ant says dig up a nest carry the leaves tend to the eggs etc etc right so other possessors of spirits and animals who perish while performing the specific lorded duties pertaining to their innate natures and obeying the commands of the glorified one god and who suffer difficulties while doing so a kind of spiritual reward suitable for them and a type of metaphysical reward in accordance with their aptitudes so in accordance with their aptitudes that's that's an extension of the innate nature in this world the human being is given the uh the the property quality of recognizing beauty right that's a part of its innate the human being's innate nature but in the hereafter the aptitude pertaining to that property will is going to be much higher Right? So we are given, and it is limited in this world, we do not know what the actual aptitude is, how much it can expand. For some, it's going to expand. The aptitude will be is so high that they will be given uh, the Jannatul the Firdaus. They will be given the Firdaus gardens in, in paradise. For some, that aptitude will be low, and they will be at the lowest level of paradise because that is what they can enjoy right that that's the the extent of their ability to uh, perceive and appreciate what's in paradise so in accordance with their aptitudes right god is able to reward them in accordance with the uh, with with with their aptitudes right and that is not beyond the unending treasures of his mercy to not exist so if we assume that it would be beyond the unending treasures of his mercy, we would say, okay, it does not exist. But no, it is not beyond that to not exist. It exists. And so that, it exists so that 
they are not hurt these uh, spirit uh, possessors of spirits and animals who are leaving this world right there are all these rewards prepared for them so that they are not hurt too much by leaving the world and in fact they are pleased if i was given the glad tidings of jannah paradise without nod without any uh, without the, the fire touching me right I, I would be willing and ready to die right away because that's much better than anything that we can i can imagine in this world it's much better than anybody can imagine in this world now the nafs the lower soul you know plays tricks it prefers a small benefit that is here and now to over you know huge benefits that are in the future right but if i was judging deciding with my intellect and heart and conscience with being if i was able to you know put my lower soul aside and tell it to shut up i would be more than willing so Ustad Nursi finishes this uh, uh this paragraph saying la ya'lamu al-ghaiba illa allah right so only god knows what is there in the in the unseen things perish in this world move on to the realm of the unseen and it's only god who knows what's going on there it had we known perhaps we would be admiring and you know, envying their states we look from this side without seeing what's beyond the the screen smoke screen and and say well they've perished oh so pity and you know so ugly and isn't there evil evil in this look at the, the baby died look at this the the fawn baby fawn that was born two days ago the lion came and ate it so much pain so much opportunity that is lost it was going to have a 15-year life it was going to enjoy the forest and the plains it was going to uh you know smell flowers and have you know play with its other fawns and have a family etc et it's all lost the lion just ate all that opportunity we think of the opportunity in this world but beyond the smoke screen where we cannot see anything there are opportunities there are rewards that we cannot even imagine la ya'lamu al-ghaiba illallah lakin ziruhların en eşrefi ve şu bayramlarda kemiyet ve keyfiyet cihetiyle en ziyade istifade eden insan doğaya pek çok meftun ve mübtela olduğu halde dünyadan nefret ve alemi bekaya geçmek için eseri rahmet olarak ihtiyak engiz bir halet verir kendi insaniyeti dalalette boğulmayan insan o haletten istifade eder, rahatı kalple gider. Şimdi o haleti intihar eden vecihlerden numune olarak beşini beyan edeceğiz. Nonetheless, while the human being, who is the noblest of the possessors of spirit, and the one who benefits most from these festivities, both quantitatively and qualitatively, is much infatuated with and addicted to this world out of mercy he causes him hate the world and gives him a yearning state to move on to the everlasting realm the human being whose individual humanity is not drowned in misguidance benefits from that state and leaves with peace in heart now as examples we will elucidate 
five of the considerations that lead to that state. So, while the human being, who is the noblest of the possessors of spirit, the human being is the noblest of the possessors of spirit, and the possessors of spirit are the noblest among all uh, creatures. So, the human being is the noblest of all creatures. Not all human beings, but potentially he is the noblest. Why? Because he is created in the best of forms. Ahsan taqweem. And then, out of heedlessness, out of misguidance, out of this, out of that, he falls to the lowest of the law. But the potential that is giving to, given to the human being is that he is the noblest of all. And that is evidenced by the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, who is the most noble, the noblest of all creation. The first of creation, the noblest of creation, the fruit of creation, right? The one whose existence is the means for the fulfillment of existence or fulfillment of the existence of creation, right? So the human being who is the noblest of the possessors of spirit and the one who benefits mo most from these festivities, both quantitatively and qualitatively. So think of it, which among all creatures, lions, foxes, fish, worms, viruses, birds, bacteria, insects, flies, butterflies, spiders, uh, etc., plants, rocks, minerals, stars, suns, satellites, etc., etc., which among them benefits from all this festivity that's going on, all this display of beauty and majesty and perfection, more than the human being. Now, the dogs can smell more, have a wider range of smell, therefore they can detect even subtler smells, or not even, they can detect subtler, way subtler smells that human beings cannot detect. Um, falcons can see further. Right, the fish can live underwater, birds can fly, etc. So there are all these things that may, when we look from a specific point of view, that may you know make us think that well, the you know that animal is better than a human being, this is better than a human being, etc. But none of them have all of these senses as comprehensively as the human being, and more importantly, none of them has the intellect that the human being has the intellect that enables the human being to devise instruments that expand his ability to sense things the human being can use telescopes to see further than the falcon the human being can use dogs to detect smells the human being can also you know develop and and invent machines to detect smells so in the realm of senses using the intellect and the ability to invent and make things the human beings can excel any other creature but there is more to that there is there is more to this uh, issue with the intellect and imagination the human being can sense um 
imagine and grasp way more than any other creature can more than angels too right angels can um, can see beauty angels can uh, you know, see also on the, and grasp and what is ugly right but can the angels be a locus of manifestation for God's Ufran, God's um, you know covering up and forgiving sins angels can't sin human beings can sin some of them stay in that rotten state and deserve hell but some of them turn to God in repentance and God turns to them as the Ghaffar right the the cover of sins and the forgiver and the cover of sins the human beings can imagine without bounds their intellect can grasp things according to certain rules but without bounds we can um, comprehend the notion of infinity now we have problems you know fully grasping it and uh, the, the very notion of infinity is not something that we think exists right as a thing it does not exist as a thing as a concept it exists now the human beings can grasp and understand and engage concepts but could you explain that to a rabbit rabbits can't grasp understand and engage concepts or they may be able to engage very basic and uh, you know, worldly concepts such as the distance between their nest and the carrot that they are trying to eat right there's a there's an there's an aspect of a concept in that distance but human beings there's no limit to the concepts that they can imagine and think of right so as a result of this as a result of the expansion of their senses through instruments and as a, as a result of the expansiveness of their imagination and intellect and conscience and the the other subtle senses that are there that we cannot you know fully or completely pinpoint such as the heart and the arcanum in the heart etc as a result of all of these the human beings are the ones who enjoy most or who are able to um see understand appreciate and show gratitude for the most qualitatively and quantitatively in the festivities that are going on here so imagine how much a rabbit would love it if the rabbit lived in a garden where there were no predators and it was full of lettuce and carrot beautiful right the rabbit would love that place now the human being is living in a world where the benefits the joy the enjoyment things to be enjoyed are so much vaster than what that that rabbit has and it also is he is also given he the human being is also given the means to you know fend off its his enemies so this is a place that is enjoyable for many not all 
and that's out of mercy too we already talked about god uh puts these bit the the, the, the the bitterness in the joys of this world out of mercy so that we are not attached to it right but at the beginning as the human being is enjoying right he would be infatuated with and addicted to this world and death is a universal rule separation is a universal rule it is going to he is going to leave this world so that would not be merciful right but god is merciful out of mercy he god causes the human being hate the world and gives him a yearning state to move on to the everlasting realm how so we will see there are details to it but one important one is there's a bitterness in each joy because we know that it's going to end and separation and ending extinction are causes of bitterness in joys the human being whose individual humanity is not drowned in misguidance benefits from that state so there is this bitterness built into each joy and i am not able to enjoy it now i i i want that taste i want that pleasure i like that pleasure so i am enjoying that pleasure and i want to stay with it but i want it permanently that it's not permanent is hurting me if i am not drawn in misguidance right i'm going to benefit from this state i'm going to say the one who gave me this desire to enjoy this thing in permanence will give me permanence to enjoy it in an, in another world and once i say this once i have yaqeen once i have certainty in this moving on to that world is no big no big deal i'll be able to do it with peace in my heart i'll be able to do it with peace in my heart now as examples we will elucidate five of the considerations that lead to that state so i said you know there are aspects of this that and one of them is that there's bitterness in the joy you start noticing here lists five um however we are out of time if we if we start this we will not be able to finish therefore i'm going to quickly read the english because i don't want to leave it at, at suspense like this i'm going to quickly read the english and then inshallah we will talk uh, about these and reflect upon these in the next episode so what are those five considerations that lead to a state in which we leave this world with peace in our hearts first by showing with this season of old age the stamps and bitter meanings of annihilation and extinction on those beautiful and attractive worldly things he scares the human being away from the world by doing this he scares the human being away from the world and instead of that which is temporal he causes him to seek a lasting thing worthy of demand second because 99 percent of the beloveds that the human being is attached leaves the world and settles in another realm by means of that serious love that intense earnest love he god bestows a yearning toward where the beloveds have gone and causes the human being face death and the appointed time happily i.e imagine you live very long i said i'm not going to explain but very briefly imagine you lived very long but you lived so long that the people that you love are all gone 
of course you will want to go to where they are right so this is auto mercy too you want to go to where your beloveds are third by means of certain things he god causes the human being sense his endless weakness and impotence understand how heavy the burden of life and the responsibilities of living are and gives a serious desire for rest and a sincere yearning to go to a different land fourth he god shows to the believing human being so the the first three were for human beings in general this is for believing human beings he shows to the believing human being with the light of faith that death is not dissension into non-existence it is a change of locations as for the grave it is not the mouth of a well full of darkness it is the gate of luminous realms with all its splendor the world is in effect a dungeon compared with the hereafter of course entering the paradisical gardens from the earth's dungeon moving from the vexing turmoils of corporeal life to a realm of comfort and an arena for the flight of spirits where the spirits are going to be you know strolling around flying around and going to the presence of the merciful by ridding oneself from the distressing noise of creatures is a journey to be desired a thousand times with heart and soul in fact it is a felicity and going to the peaceful presence of the merciful one going to the peaceful presence of the merciful one by ridding oneself from the distressing noise of creatures that's a journey to be desired a thousand times with heart and soul in fact it is felicity and fifth for the human being who listens to the quran now the the fourth one was for believers this is the human beings who listen and heed the quran by informing him the human being of the knowledge of reality that is in the quran and with the light of reality of the the world's quiddity so by informing him of the knowledge of the reality that is in the quran and with the light of reality of informing him of the world's quiddity it is to have him understand that ardently loving the world and becoming attached to it are meaningless so the quran shows the reality of the world and when you see the reality of the world you find it meaningless to be attached to it that is it tells to the human being and proves that now from here on Ustad Nursi um, elucidates what the reality of the world is we are not going to go into it we are going to stop here inshallah right but the main idea that we should get from that is that the world is a means to a higher end if we make it an end in and of itself we are in trouble but if we see it as the means to a higher end and take the means to that higher end that's going to be fine and when we see it as the means moving on to the end is what we want anyway there is mercy in that subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahu man alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin 
Al-Fatiha. Oh,